to my love letter time machine. Hi, I'm Ingrid Birchall-Hughes and I'm serialising the love letters of my great-great-grandparents, Fred Shepherd and Janie Warburton. Travel 140 years back in time with me now, where we take a look at Victorian history through their eyes. And today, Fred has to adjust to the new secretary at his works. And Janie, bless her heart, is swamped, almost literally, with supporting the Hansworth feast in miserable weather. Before we begin, I just wanted to address a few emails and comments I've had recently about how people are realising that the letters are drawing to an end soon and how much they're dreading the end of this journey. I'm so touched. You are loving Janie and Fred's story so much and thank you for your messages. And I wanted to take a moment to reassure you and also to ask you for your input. Firstly, while Janie and Fred's letters do come to an end after their wedding, I still have a lot of their paperwork from afterwards. So what I'm planning to do is to end this season before their wedding, and then I'm going to save the last of the pre-wedding letters for season five. But in order to continue with the story and the podcast, I really need to get up to Sheffield and Middlesbrough to do some extra research this summer. So I had a little daft idea that I'd like to time the release of season five in September, so that we might hit the wedding episode on their actual wedding day. They were married on Thursday the 12th of October 1882, and rather pleasingly this year that date also falls on a Thursday, so we will be able to celebrate their 141st wedding anniversary. Secondly, I would like to do a bonus question and answer episode in the next couple of weeks. And in addition, I would really like to hear your ideas about what else you'd like to hear in the podcast. I've already had some suggestions from doing some bonus episodes about other love letters from this period in history to setting my listeners challenges in helping with Fred and Janie research, which I think would be amazing. Also, shout out to Dan and his wife in Hansworth for deciding to go for a walk in the woods to follow in Fred and Janie's footsteps. They sent me an email that was fabulous to read. Thank you so much. So would you please send me your thoughts and questions? You can message me on the My Love Letter Time Machine Instagram or you can email me at myloveletter-time-machine at gmail.com. Let's see how far we can take this journey together because just like you, I'm not ready to say goodbye yet. Anyway. Back to Fred and Janie. Where were we? Oh yes, last week, Fred narrowly avoided breaking his neck in a gorge on a walk and poor Janie, judging from her next letter, is about to be overwhelmed by the Hansworth Feast and Flower Show. Hansworth, August the 28th, 1882. My own darling husband, I was so pleased to receive your nice long letter this morning. I do like to read your letters, love, and I am even more pleased to have them this week. It is my only source of satisfaction and pleasure, darling, for you know what discomforts we have to put up with. If you saw my bedroom now, it looks as if the bailiffs had been and piled up everything for a sale. I have only this one feast to get through and then I have done with it all, I hope. It is my last as Miss Warburton, at any rate. It is possible that we might be at Darnall about that time sometime. 
it might happen that you had your holidays in August, then I should not mind going to see the flower show with you, but not to come to our house. It is too uncomfortable. We had a very hard day yesterday. It was almost as bad as the flower show day. I should like to send you and the firm some of our feast beer. It looks grand, and they say it is. I wish I could send you a large bottle. We have been very busy today again. There has been a cricket match between High Green and Hansworth, and they most of them have had tea. I shall have to answer your letters at the end of the week, for I have not time now, love. I wish I could see you for only a minute, just to tell you I love you, and give such a nice kiss. I shall be able to give you one any time very soon, my, my darling. It is not very long. It will soon be here. I am very glad you had such an enjoyable outing with Mr Phillips, and very thankful, darling, that you escaped the fall. I don't know what I should have done if you had fallen and hurt yourself badly, and being so far away from you. It is very good of Mr Cooper reposing such confidence in you, love. But I should if I was him, because I should put every trust in you. I love you more than ever, and remain my own husband, your loving, true and faithful wife, Janie. I have not time for more tonight, love. Royal Exchange Middlesbrough, the North Eastern Steel Company Limited, August the 29th, 1882. My own darling Janie, I received your letter this morning for which I thank you. It will be your last feast, love, as you say, as Miss Warburton. But we may come over to the flower show, but I am determined that you shall not have anything to do with the waiting or anything like that after we are married, as I think you have done quite sufficient already. I expect you would have a hard day on Sunday, love, and yesterday seems to have been busy as well. I mentioned to Banks about the feast beer, and he says the firm, if we had it, would give a qualified and unbiased opinion on it. I wish you could send some, love. I should like to taste it very much. I wish you could see me for a moment, love. I should like a kiss so much it seems such a long time since I had one. I think Banks, Alvy, Retchford and myself are going to Moulton on Saturday. Banks has wanted us to go many times, and we can get very cheaply next Saturday. If we go, I shall want my usual Sunday letter posting to Moulton, but I will let you know for sure on Friday. I expect you'll be too busy to write on Wednesday, love, so I must write on Friday. I intended giving you a good long one today, but we've been so busy all day and are working over now. I wish I could see you tomorrow and help you to clear away as I did last year. You will remember, darling, your promise about the dancing. I'm glad you think I'm worthy, etc. of Mr. Cooper, and yourself, reposing confidence in love. I shall try and merit yours, my darling, and I think I shall succeed. I remain, my darling wife, your loving, true and faithful husband, Fred. P.S. 1. I love you more than ever. 2. How would it suit you, love, if we were married the first Thursday in October instead of the second? I have been thinking that perhaps it would be more convenient for me then. I will tell you why in my next. 3. You forgot to say whether you received the money all right. I was almost afraid after I'd sent it that you would have to pay the registration fee on it.
The Feast and Flower Show at Handsworth was held that year on Wednesday 30th of August and judging by the column inches in the local papers appears to have been something of a significant event. I should imagine in part due to the village being the home of several market gardens and nurseries of size and it attracted thousands of visitors. The Cross Keys was right in the centre of things and given the sheer volume of customers I'm now wondering what proportion of James and Maria's annual income was actually done on that one day. In the following article from the Sheffield Daily Telegraph on Thursday the 31st of August 1882, the reporter seems to have examined the quality of the exhibits at the show with meticulous detail, as any gardeners among you will be able to attest. There's also an interesting slant that seems to reflect a quiet delight in the cottagers and amateur gardeners being able to show the professionals a thing or two. I'll just share the highlights or be here for hours. It reads... Hansworth Flower Show. Yesterday, the annual exhibition was held in connection with the Hansworth Floral, Horticultural and Cottage Gardeners Society, and the village, as usual, made high holiday for the occasion. This was the 19th show that has been held by the society, and the fact that the exhibition seems yearly to surpass the previous show speaks that the society has about it an amount of energy and cohesiveness which is lacking in other places prominent feature in the show has always been the displays of plants arranged for effect in the 10 foot by 10 foot space and this year there was an increased competition for the prizes of £8 and £4. The first was carried off by Mr James Keeling, gardener to Alderman David Ward, Mountview. Around a magnificent picture there were arranged amongst specimens of Philanthus nivosus, crotons, coleae etc edged off with ferns and orchids, the features being coxcombs and yellow flowering begonias. The second prize winner was Mr J. Daw Claycross, who had for his centrepiece a large palm of the ficus species. The other features were principally splendidly coloured crotons and Amazonica lilies, but the stand lacked finish at the edges. Among the other contributions in the open classes, there was a gorgeous display of ferns, both exotic and British, but the bloom of the fuchsias had a dashed appearance, as if they had been exposed to rain. Mr Abbott, gardener to Mr C. H. Firth Riverdale, showed, not for competition, a new seedling pea, which has been named after the Duke of Albany, and which, for size at least, bids fair to outdo most its better-known rivals. The cottages class's window plants were well represented, and both laris and geraniums contained some nice trusses of bloom. In fruits, the display made by the gentlemen's gardeners and nurserymen was not as good as might be expected, but the plums were most commendable. The amateurs made on the whole a very satisfactory display, the most noticeable features being plums, grapes and apples. Amongst the cottages' fruits were some good apples and a few nice plums. The amateurs showed six trays of vegetables which were better than those in the higher classes, the celery being much superior, and the same remark applies, though perhaps to a lesser degree, to the potatoes and the plums. I'll abridge here. The article goes on with more exhibits, a list of the judges, and a full list of the prize winners, which I have scoured for any familiar names, but perhaps Janie and Fred's circle didn't have time or inclination to be nurturing the runner beans and the like. The article continues. In addition to the show, usual attractions were provided for the amusement of the visitors. 
Music was furnished by the band of the Welsh Regiment, who were under the leadership of Mr T Barley, the bandmaster. The Hallamshire handbell ringers were also in attendance, and Coke's quadrille band had been engaged to play for the dancing in the evening, but the heavy rain rendered this impracticable. With the exception of a shower about noon, the earlier part of the day was fine, and crowds of visitors journeyed by rail and road to the show. Unfortunately, however, about four o'clock rain recommenced falling, and although many people braved the inclemency of the weather, it was a serious drawback to the success of the exhibition, and would cause a great diminution in the income of the society. Messrs Fisher, Sun and Silbury opened their nurseries, as in past years, and the privilege was highly appreciated by thousands of visitors. We'll hear Janie's account in a moment, but first another letter from Fred. Royal Exchange, Middlesbrough, the North Eastern Steel Company Limited, September the 1st, 1882. My own darling wife, I was rather disappointed this morning at not receiving a few lines from you, but I expect you would be busy all the day cleaning up, Still, I thought you must have perhaps found time for a half dozen lines, if only to say that you were well. But I will not grumble, love. I'm afraid too late. Because <laughs> I know you have always endeavoured to write, if possible. I saw the report of the flower show in the paper. You seem to have had some queer weather for it. I was rather surprised to see it was not fine, as we had a very nice day here. How did you go on, love? You must tell me all the particulars, and then I can fancy I was there as usual. We have had the secretary here today, but he has not said much and only stopped half an hour. I expect he will come for good next week, as Mr Cooper is going to Vienna on the following Saturday, so that the secretary will be the boss while he is away. I hope he will be decent, because if he likes, he can make it very uncomfortable for me. However, I do not feel much afraid, as I think Mr Cooper will see me all right. I'm going tonight about a house in Milton Street. I suppose I must look sharp after one now, as the time is getting very short. I intended going before, but we have been working late every night but Wednesday, and then I had to go to Stockton to find a Dutchman to translate a Dutch specification for rails. I have seen Mr Cooper today about the wedding, and he seems quite pleased. He will not get back before October the 1st, so I could not get off the first week very well. However, he says I am to make all the arrangements for the second week, as he says. It is an event that doesn't often occur, so if anything is wanted just then, it must give way. I wish it was next week, love, for I do want you so much. I remain my own darling wife, your loving, true and faithful husband, Fred. P.S. We have decided to go to Moulton tomorrow. Will you please address care of J.A. Banks, Esquire, Finkel Street, Moulton, Yorks. Hansworth, September the 1st, 1882. My own darling husband, I was so sorry I could not write to you yesterday. I know you would be disappointed, love. I received yours on Wednesday, for which I thank you. I think we have been busier this feast than ever. I am very pleased it is over. We have had wretched weather. It has rained every day, some part of the day. On Wednesday morning it was very fine first thing, but about eleven o'clock we had a very severe hailstorm, and it cleared out again until three. 
I got permission to go in the show just to have a look round. Then there was another awful shower. I went in the tent with Louisa and Lily. I had to get round quickly, so left them in the first tent, and the shower was about over as I thought when I got through. I then met Ginny Reckless and went to look at Punch and Judy, and then the storm came on, and we made for home, and we got wet through in getting there. I had to stand in it all the night to nine o'clock. There was no time to change anything. It came through our establishment across the road like a riddle. Mr Glover will tell you what a plight I was in. It was a miserable day. We closed the road at nine o'clock. It was fine then. We were all very wet about the shoulders. I had got a cold, but not so severe as I expected to have. I then changed my things and then went into the tent with Ginny Reckless. It was dry considering the day. I saw Mrs. Folding. She inquired after you very kindly. I came out with our Fred and Polly about quarter to eleven. I was quite tired out. Ginny Reckless would have had just time for a turnaround in a Scottish with me. She said it would be the last. I knew you would not mind me having a turn with her, and we were at the dark end of the tent. I had no more love than that one. I have danced very little this feast. I have danced with Maria, Annie Wortley, and Annie Laverack only. We had very rough company last night. I had one with Annie Laverack and one with Maria. That was all. At the beginning, the room was very full indeed. Later on, more people than we had on Monday. We have got most of the dishes cleaned up today. So Maria and I came down to our Fred's to tea. I'm writing this there. I'll give you a long one for Sunday, my darling, with all particulars and answer your letter fully. I had to pay ninepence on the letter you sent with the money, my love. I love you more than ever, my own husband, and remain your loving, true and faithful wife, Janie. Royal Exchange, Middlesbrough, the North Eastern Steel Company Limited, September the 4th, 1882. My own darling wife, I received your letter on Saturday, love, for which I thank you. I should have written a line or two on that day so you would get it this morning, but we were so busy and I had to run to catch the train. I was sorry to hear that it was such a miserable day on Wednesday and very sorry to hear that you got wet, love, but you should not watch Punch and Judy until you get wet through, my love. Could you really not have made time to change your clothes, love, before night? Surely you could have screwed in five minutes to change. You really must take care of yourself, my darling, for I shall want you very soon now. It is perhaps as well that I shall, for they seem determined to enable you to injure your constitution. The miseries of the beer traffic is brought home when one's nearest and dearest is mixed up in it. I shall be pleased when you have to leave, my wife. I hope your cold is better, my darling. I want you to avoid taking cold more than anything else. I do not mind you dancing with Ginny Reckless, love, but I did not expect you would dance in the tent. I am obliged to Mrs. Folding for so very kindly inquiring after me. I am pleased that you have danced so little this feast, love, for I am so greedy that I do not like anybody to dance with you but myself. I suppose it is because I love you so much, my darling. I regret that you had to pay anything on the money I sent. You see, with sending it on the Sunday, I could not register the letter, and I forgot to get the stamps on the Saturday. However, you must remember that I owe you the ninepence, love. I suppose your father or mother would have had something to say about my stupidity in sending it like that. But as it was in five sheets of paper, I thought it would go all right. I received your letter yesterday at Moulton, love, for which I thank you very much. I wish, quite as much as you, love, that I could have been there, 
at the feast, for you evidently wanted me to look after you, for it would have been a pleasure even to see you. I hope your shoulders are better, love, by this. If they are not, you must have them attended to, for how shall I go on if you are laid up, and me so far away? I am almost sorry, love, that we cannot get married the first week in October instead of the second, but it will perhaps be better, so as I have not got a house yet. There is one in Milton Street, but it is £17 a year rent, and then there would be about £6 a year rates, which would bring it up to 23 Do you think we could afford to go as high as that love for Stard? I am very much obliged to Ginny for her kind regards, and please to hear that her teeth are such a great improvement to her. They were necessary. You inquire whether I shall have to take care of Mrs Cooper and the servants this time while Mr Cooper is away. I don't think so. I hope not, as Mrs Cooper is going with him, and in that case there will be nobody to talk to. The servants are not much in my line. I hope you are not jealous, love. We have had the secretary very nearly all day today. He is very decent, but wishes to introduce several new things in our style of bookkeeping, which I must confess I don't know much about, but I expect I shall pull through all right. I enjoyed myself pretty fair yesterday, love, at Moulton. We went to Scarborough on Saturday. There was a trip from Moulton to Scarborough, and we found that by taking a trip ticket and a tourist ticket to Scarborough, we could see both places at less money than the ordinary return fare to Moulton alone, and come by the trip train, the last thing on the Saturday night, which we did. It rained all the time we were at Scarborough, as it was not very nice, but the aquarium was as usual grand. We had a beautiful day yesterday at Moulton, and I like the old town very much. We went on one of the Yorkshire Wolds in the morning, from which we had a splendid view. I did wish you had been there, darling. You said you would answer my letters fully, love, but I think you have omitted to do so. I remain, always, my darling wife, your loving true and faithful husband, Fred. Oh my goodness, give the poor girl a break. She's been working her backside off and she's getting over a cold. And you know full well, if she writes to you when she's being expected to work in the pub, she'll get shouted at. Honestly, Fred. Sorry, I love him to bits, but really. Next time. Janie is full speed ahead with all the wedding arrangements. And Fred seems to extend his, frankly at this point, annoying obliviousness to the concept of having a firm idea of guest numbers. I'm starting to wonder if he's one of those chaps that thinks these things just kind of happen and not really see the amount of labour that the women in his life put into the smooth running of the household and social events. However, on his part, he's not slacking as his house research seems to be paying off and it looks as if he's firming up on what will be their first home. Thank you so much for listening to My Love Letter Time Machine. As I said earlier, I'd love to get your questions for the Q&A and any ideas you have for the future of the podcast. You can message me your thoughts and questions on Instagram at my love letter time machine or one word, or you can email them to me at my love letter time machine at gmail.com. Until next time, take care. <laughs>